welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by community pastor Ian Simpkins as we wrap up our series, Helping People Find the Way Back to God. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Good morning, community. How are you feeling this morning? Great. I am not feeling well. Uh, I'm actually in a bit of a special cocktail of medicine and drugs right now. So today is either going to be awful or highly entertaining. Either way, I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. Uh, Quick show of hands. How many of you are TV screamers? Like you've screamed at a television screen sometime in the last month, week, weekend. Who's screamed at a TV in the last 24 hours? (laughs) Don't lie. This is church. We can see you. Have you ever found yourself like yelling at an athlete on TV or like some action hero in a movie for doing something stupid? Like you're yelling at them for totally missing the point or making a wrong decision only to realize you're like elbow deep in a tub of butter lover's popcorn, right? Or like you you realize that your fingers are now permanently dyed orange from like cheesy poof. Like I remember a couple years ago, uh, I was watching a football game and I left to go get a snack from the kitchen And by the time that I came back, the opposing team had returned to kickoff 100 yards for a touchdown. That means he ran 100 yards before I was able to get three or maybe four yards. (laughs) And he had like 11 guys trying to stop him. I didn't have any. I didn't have an ottoman or anything. It's pretty sobering though, isn't it? To like catch yourself yelling at how somebody's doing something when you realize that you yourself aren't doing it. I think when it comes to our mission, I think it's that much more critically important that we understand that it's not just something to watch, but it's something to do. This is the week three of our series that's all about our mission, which is, on the count of three, say it with me if you know it, helping people find their way back to God. That's our heartbeat. That's at the very center of everything we are and all we want to do. And if you're here and you're new, this is a perfect Sunday to be here because you're gonna kind of get a chance to, to get a deeper look into who we are and who we want to be. Simply put, we believe that we were created by a loving God and we were created to live in intimate relationship both with him and with others. But we fractured that relationship But fortunately, though, God never gave up on his dream for the world. He sent Jesus, and through his life, death, and resurrection, we can have peace with God, we can have peace with others, which is ultimately what this series is all about, helping people find their way back to God. If you came in this morning, hopefully you were handed this card with five slots on it. If you didn't get a card this morning, why don't you raise a hand, and the greeter would love to run and get you one right now, but we've been challenging one another to pray for five people to invite next Sunday, which is a really big day around here called Show Up Sunday. And it's a day that I believe will be the, it'll be the beginning of hundreds, if not thousands of people beginning their journey of finding their way back to God. But here's the thing, and maybe it's obvious, um, to actually live this mission out though, we can't just write names on a card. As good and helpful as that is, there's got to be something more. We can't just listen to platitudes and hear moving stories. We have to actually get off the sofa 
and move. We have to take action. Now, in the Bible, I don't know that there's anyone who knows more about putting faith to action than a guy named James. And it's worth noting, James is actually the half-brother of Jesus, which I think gives him unique credibility and insight into what it actually looks like to be a Christ follower. Like, real talk, just what, what would it take for your sibling to convince you that he or she was God? How would that conversation go? Hey, I don't know if I told you yet. Um, I'm the Lord. And you're like, no. No, you're not. I have a laundry list of reasons for why you're not God, right? If anyone had a reason to believe that Jesus wasn't who he said he was, it would be James. And James has this really unique, powerful perspective on what it means to actually put our faith to action. Here in chapter one, this is what he says. He says, don't just listen to God's word. (laughs) Don't just hear it. Don't just listen to it. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Well, that's a little on the nose, isn't it? James says, don't just just hear it. Don't just watch from the sofa. That's, That's not ultimately the point. Do what it says. And what he's saying here is not just like a one time event, this isn't like a one and done situation. He's talking about a lifestyle that is formed by God through the faithful walking and journeying with him. Now, this word fooling here is pretty fascinating. In the Greek, it actually means to defraud or cheat, which I think is kind of fascinating. Here's kind of what he's saying. To just just listen to this word but not actually do anything about it, you're cheating yourself. You're cheating yourself of the fullness of life that God intends for all of us to have. It's kind of like this. Have you ever, I don't know, like uh, read a really inspiring book or you saw a really inspiring movie and you like closed that book, you walked out of the theater and you're like, today my life changes. And then like nothing changed. Anyone, anyone know what I'm talking? Okay, maybe a little closer to home. How about New Year's resolutions? Anyone ever not followed through on their New Year's resolution? Anyone ever like break the resolution by like January 4th? You're like, I'm gonna eat only vegetables. Oh, cookies, awesome. Um, <laughs> like we all, we all know what it's like to read something, to be stirred by something and to not actually have our lives changed by it. It's one thing to hear good information, but if it doesn't actually change our lives, we're cheating ourselves. I think the same is true with our mission, helping people find their way back to God. We can come and we can... We can learn and we can sing and all of those things are good. But please hear me. What we do here, and I love what we do here, this is the push, not the point. This is preparation to then go live on mission together. That's why we gather, to bring him praise and honor, to connect with one another and to prepare ourselves then to go live on mission together. I think a lot of us, if we're, if we're honest, we tend to think that our mission is hoping people find their way back to God instead of helping people find their way back to God. Like, yeah, I hope somebody talks to that guy. I hope somebody steps out of their comfort zone. I'm, I'm not going to, but I sure, I sure hope. Now, I, think it's, I think it's something that we know is important, right? Most of us in this room, we, we know that this is important and yet we still struggle to actually do it, don't we? It's kind of like, it's kind of like emptying the dishwasher. Anyone, my wife is sitting right here, she can attest. 
Like, the dishwashers, it's, it's been run, the dishes are clean. We know we're supposed to unload it, but how many of you have like walked by it 12 times hoping somebody else will, right? Like, I'll just eat on paper towel. I don't need to plate that bad. Nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> or how about, how about the trash can? Trash, it's clearly full. How many of us are guilty of like stomping that down one more inch, fit one more piece of trash, let the next person take care of it? Like we know it has to happen. I think a lot of us struggle to actually take action. So I wanna look at three common excuses that, that I often hear in my own life and have probably given myself for why we don't take action. The first is this, uh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Have words ever failed you? Have you ever been asked a question you didn't know the answer to, been singled out in class? It's terrifying. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's hard to look back at some of those, those seasons where you didn't know what to say without cringing, right? But is it, is it possible that we're actually making it harder than it has to be? Like, to issue an invitation, you don't have to be a scholar or a genius. If that were the case, like, no one would be in church ever. Because how many geniuses are there really, right? You don't have to be a theologian to issue an invite. So let's get really practical this morning. Let's drill down and just get nuts and bolts practical. Next week, we're starting a series called Simplify. And the whole series is about simplifying our souls amidst the chaos of our lives. Could there be a more timely message? Anyone this week felt maybe a little overwhelmed, overscheduled, overworked, a little exhausted? Yeah. So an invitation could be something as simple as, hey man, a couple weeks ago you were talking about just how stressed out you felt. Well, my, my church is actually starting a series next week called Simplify. It's about learning to really kind of find rest and margin and space in our life you want to join me? Like, that's it. It shows that you were paying attention to their life. You, you recognize that they were maybe feeling a little overwhelmed, a little stressed, and then you just ask them to join you. It's not a, it's not a sales pitch. It's not hocus pocus. You're not, you're not asking them to get baptized right then and there, right? Like, don't come at them with a jug of water. Don't, that's not a good way to approach this. It's, just, it's, it's an invitation. That's, that's where it starts, honestly. But I don't know that it's always a fear of not knowing what to say that holds us back. Sometimes I think it's that we're afraid we'll be rejected. Sometimes we're afraid that you'll be rejected. This is, this is where like the voices in our head dress rehearse like the worst possible scenarios, right? That like you're gonna ask somebody and they're gonna like pour their soda on your head, just be so offended, right? Now don't get me wrong, when you, like when you look like this, you get used to rejection a lot. I, I've experienced the sting, you're laughing, is very judgy. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've all been rejected though, right? And here's, here's kind of the point. Um, the fear is that they might say no, right? And we're gonna let you in on a secret. Uh, they might. <laughs> they might say no, but you know what else I found? You'll live. You'll live. Truthfully, be really honest, I've lost count of how many people have outright to my face told me no when I invited them to church. Like, now I'll think about it, I'll pray about it, just nah. <laughs> like, I, as a pastor, you think I'd be better at this. I felt the sting of rejection. I know, I know exactly what that's like, but I've also seen people's lives change by finding belonging, by finding community, by God getting a hold of their hearts and their families have been changed and their communities have been changed. 
what I'm saying is it's worth it. It's worth the risk of someone looking at you weird and saying no. Because some people will say yes. In fact, research actually has shown that people are more likely to come to church due to a personal invitation from a friend than any other method. Barna did some research a few years ago, and here's what they found. 47% of people are open to being invited by a friend to church. 47%. That means like half your friends would be open to it. Half your friends, if you said, hey, I don't know if this is weird or not. You want to come to church with me next weekend? Half be inclined to say yes. This is way above and beyond any other return we see on, on mailers, on Facebook posts, on ads, on radio, any of it. In fact, do you know what the percentage is um, when it comes to pastors making particular invites, like going on specific visits? The percentage is 27%. That's, that's convicting. But 47% of people are open to an invite from a trusted friend. Hey man, this is community, this family that I've really come to know and love, and I just, I think it'd be really meaningful for you. Would you be interested in joining me? Nikki Fitzgerald from our uh, Lincoln Square location tells of a story that was really meaningful to her. This is what she writes. She said, a family first came to community, our family first came to community four years ago. A few short months later, uh, we invited our neighbor and her son to join us. They were soon regulars and then invited her friend and daughter to come, and they loved it too. Finding a way back to God happens in many ways, but I think one of the best ways is being invited by a close friend that you trust. I've enjoyed seeing how reaching out to a friend can change their life for the better and then watching it happen all over when they do the same for someone else. It proved that a very small act can have a much bigger impact than you ever dreamt it could. Man, I love, and there's hundreds of stories like this. Someone's like, hey, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have every answer. I don't have every T crossed, every I dot. I don't, have, I don't have all of that figured out. But I care about you. You're a trusted friend. Would you consider joining me? A third excuse is maybe one that we don't say out loud, but I, I have a sense that maybe a lot of us feel, and it's this. It's not my job. It's not my job. It's not my job to invite people to church. Now think about it. Like, how often do we rely on professionals? Probably a lot, right? And in most cases, that's a good idea. Like, you do not want me doing your heart surgery. That, that won't go well for any of us. But when it, when it comes to the mission, though, it's not reserved for the professionals. It's not excluded just to the pastors or the people that stand on stages or people whose faces are on websites. It's not reserved to them. The mission of helping people find their way back to God belongs to all of us. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus and he said, uh, God's given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for all the work of ministry. Who are the saints? Us. All of us. We've all been entrusted with this mission. And Paul, writing to the church in Corinth in his second letter, he puts it this way. God has trusted us with the message that people may be brought back to him. That's kind of this stewardship language, this message, this reality, this truth. We've been entrusted with it. So we're Christ's official messengers. It's as if God were making his appeal through us. Here's what Christ wants us 
to beg you to do. Come back to God. Wow, what an honor that, I mean, your translation may read ambassador. We were Christ's official messengers, his ambassadors. What a, what a privilege that he would include us in this work, in this mission of helping people find their way back to him. If you're a Christ follower, you've already been entrusted with this. This is what he's saying. If you're made alive in Christ, you've been entrusted with this word, with this truth, with this reality. So today I wanna, wanna kind of issue a challenge. The challenge is this. I want us to own our excuses, to own them, to name them, and then let them go. Ask God to help us loosen our white-knuckled grip around the things that are holding us back, the things that we say are the reasons we don't. Because remember what James said, right? Don't just listen to God's word. You gotta do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. And if you're wondering if it's worth it to actually step out of your comfort zone, to move your feet, to open your mouth, just a couple verses later, here's what he says. He says, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. See, I think we, I think we miss that because the assumption is like, yeah, if I invite somebody and they find their way back to God, like their life will be changed. They'll be blessed. Man, if, if you've ever experienced that before of like seeing a loved one come back to God, friends, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. Doesn't make all the fear go away. Doesn't mean those excuses don't still crop up from time to time. It'll change your life and you'll find that you are blessed too. So this, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this card out. I want you to look at the names on, those, on that card and realize that these aren't just names. It's not just ink on a page. And these are people God loves. People that God knows the hairs on their head, their story, their struggle. And he's longing for them to come back to him the way a father longs for life and vitality and joy for their child. These, these are people. We don't just hope they find their way back to God. We're about helping people find their way back to God. So next week, we're gonna put our best foot forward. The message is gonna be on point. The band's gonna sound great. The greeters are gonna be best foot forward. Kid City and Stucco and Cafe and everybody. Everybody is doing everything they can so that when your friend, when your coworker, when your family member comes, even if they're not sure how they feel about this whole church thing, they're gonna feel loved. They're gonna feel cared for. We, we gotta get off the sofa. Being a Christ follower is not a spectator sport. It's time for us to move our feet. It's time for us to act. Let's challenge one another to get off the couch and, and to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have entrusted us with this mission. The fact that you've entrusted with us is I think nothing short of miraculous. And so I acknowledge God that in my own life, I've often given excuses. I've often experienced fear, but we know your word tells us You've not given us a spirit of fear. That's not from you. 
So God, whatever, whatever's holding us back, whatever's keeping us on the sofa, God, we offer that up to you. We name it, we own it, we let it go. God, not for our sake, not for our success, God, but because you care about people. You care about people finding their way back to you because you're the only true source of life and hope and mercy and grace and forgiveness. We want that for our friends. We want that for our communities. We want that for our family and our coworkers. So God, may we, may we with boldness this week move our feet, open our mouth. May we be doers of your word. We thank you and we love you. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.